0: This is Graphically Novel, a podcast by three brothers who like each other, but love comic books. I'm Jamie.
1: I'm Sam. I'm Josh.
0: And on this episode, we are reviewing one of Josh's picks. Josh, what disaster did you pick this one?
1: (laughs) We picked Fear Agent Volume 1, Reignition. This was a Daredevil pick for me. Hadn't read it, hadn't ever heard of it. Uh, Saw the cover, looked in it, read the... uh, uh, overview of it thought it would be fun to talk about i, I had no no uh, no idea what it was going into it and uh try not to spoil anything on grades because i'm kind of curious if wh- which way this is going to go uh could could be a winner could it could maybe not be so uh but yeah it was it, it's interesting read whether you liked it or not so i'll, I'll see what you guys say about it
0: this was one of those secret fist pumps for me like when i went check the schedule see what y'all add had sometimes because I've read every single issue of Fear Agent, I love this series, and I was excited to get to review it. So, yeah, yeah. Well,
2: that, that's spoilers.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm first on the grades, so it's not going to be a spoiler oh. for long. And and I'm and I'm talking about the whole series. Sometimes individual volumes don't backfill. Well, no. Sometimes like individual volumes don't live up to the overall grade for the entire series, and so. Uh. Well, let's get into that. All right, so it's time for the live-action Batman Grades. And this is our eccentric grading scale based on the men who have thus far played Batman in live-action. And that scale is from best to worst, Belle Affleck, Keaton West, Kilmer, and poor George Clooney. And I'm just going to guess, between the three of us, one of us needs Pattinson to be on here. Um, <laughs> just got a feeling. Um, I had like that movie again, by the way. I'm bummed. Anyway, uh, so I'm first out of the gate. And i really like this first volume but i know more about like how this story plays out than you guys do like because you don't know anything yet um so it's i if i was give a backfill grade it would be a different grade but this is the grade for just reading these four issues as an individual book themselves and so the grade for that is a keaton plus it's really good it piqued my interest and if i was reading this again today you know, just going in you know daredevil um it would pique my interest again, but it's not perfect, uh, yeah. and we'll we'll get into you know why. But I will say for the listeners, if you've got a soft spot like old fifty style sci fi pulp,s you'll like the feel and like vibe of this book. So, I, I, for a listener, I, I would recommend that. Right, Sam, what's your life action, Matt McGree?
2: Uh, so, it it does have flaws. It's an interesting read, but it was a fun read, and I really enjoyed it, so I gave it an F like, I, right. I So it's it one of the ones that it, it caught me, and I couldn't stop reading it. And this this volume has more than four issues in it, so I read the whole thing real quick. I really read a whole bunch, <laughs> so I, yeah. I did enjoy it.
0: Yeah, I don't know why they've pulled the individual volumes off and just left the omnibus volumes on. Yeah. Editions. It, so I don't know why they did it that way, but
2: it's it's really hard to stop on issue four way they ended it there i'm like
0: what 100 percent. yep yeah
2: all
0: right josh what's your live action batman grade
2: all right i i was waffling between
1: your all two grades and uh i ended up going with keaton it it does have some flaws like it's not it's got some stuff going on with it but yeah as far as just like a first issue to, to want you to read more to, to hook you in it does pretty good at that so technically keaton's probably pretty realistic uh i wanted to give an affleck just because it was so much fun but, did
0: the art look familiar to you
1: yeah it did uh who was it on this one What's Tony there, Moore. credits
0: yeah Tony what Moore.
1: what else did have we done he the
0: did family? the first uh six issues of the walking dead oh, okay before chadley or edlard took over
1: yeah, he gotcha. Houston
0: basically looks like looks Rick, like in those Rick first Grimes. Six that's,
1: that's why it <laughs> looks super familiar sometimes. So, yeah, it's Rick Grimes. Now it makes yep. sense.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of which, let's, uh, let's give it our creator credits, and then we'll get into the spoilers. Uh, so, this thing was written by Rick Remender. And, Sam, you know Rick Remender from Uncanny X Force.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You have read a lot of Rick Remender in the past. Uh, yes. The pent. Pencils were by Tony Moore pencil assists on chapter four were, were by Jerome Openia, And that's why some of those faces looked completely different in issue four. Um, inks were by Sean Parsons and Mike Manley colors by Lee Lawfridge and letters by Russ Wooten. I think I may have gotten all the names this week. Sound like <laughs> it. Mark the calendar. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all you get in the spoiler free zone. Uh, the signs all point ahead to spoiler radiation. So uh, if you're allergic to spoiler radiation, beware. I'm trying to mix it up a little bit. (laughs) All right, it's time for the bite size breakdown. Okay, I'm first on uh, the chapter one here. Did they have titles again? Because I didn't write them down. All right, good. No, because I didn't write them down. Okay, here we go. A space trucker stops at a space truck stop and finds it empty. Then he gets grabbed by a space monster and eaten. Heath Houston, the last year agent, has taken a job rooting out some space monkeys. Turns out there's a jelly brain controlling the monkeys. There's a lot of running around and yelling and wishing for booze until Heath blows up the jelly brain and wins the day. That's
2: pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so, for chapter two or issue two, everyone look at it. Mine uh, was a little longer than yours. So, it was Heath is trying to change the. Oh, charge the mayor for completing the job while the town is on fire and the eight men are running around <laughs> causing mayhem. He turns to the ship empty handed, and Annie, the ship's computer, is giving him a hard time, but they uh, make a quick escape. He is drunk on his way to the space station and gets an urgent call from Tom. Tom looks like a general in the military, by the way. He uh, tells Heath that the space station is gone, uh, gone quiet and wants him to investigate. He accepts because he was already on his way there. When he arrives, the place is empty. He goes straight to the bar and finds the remains of the trucker. He realizes it's feeders and runs back to his ship. Where he can make it there, the feeders are on him. He escapes into the water system where he finds Mara hiding, he blows up the tank they're hiding in and uh, sees the stress sites, I guess that's how you say it, loading more uh, space trucks with feeders. And uh, Mara talks to him, uh, oh, tells him that they're headed to Earth.
1: All right. Chapter three. <clears throat> Heath and Mara board ship and head to Earth at warp speed. The fuel they got from the station is a new hyperfuel, and they end up bending space and crash landing on the wrong planet any and the ship then blow up mara and heath are chased around by thousands of robots and finally make their escape with heath's rocket pack when they are then shot out of the sky by a new enemy
0: good job that was fast Um, fast i was reconsidering my best cover choice i was flipping through there (laughs) follow along with you guys i was like man these are some good covers um here we go chapter four and i hope i didn't butcher this Okay, so the furry guys get the harpoon out of Heath and nurse him and Mara back to health. Then they tell them all about their history, in their past, uh, lead in their past, their leaders turned themselves into robot hybrids, and one of them overthrew the benevolent ruler and now is destroying their world, and seeking to develop space travel so they can spread the robot hybrid gospel. Heath and Mara realize that Annie had sent them back in time, and that these are the same robot hybrids that destroyed Earth. They agree to help the furry natives stop the metal natives, but they are betrayed. And he is apparently stomped to death. The end.
1: The end. Not really.
0: <laughs> and that's why right. Sam read the rest of the omnibus. <laughs> yeah.
1: He was squished like a bug. <laughs> I'm betting he wasn't.
0: Did you read the rest of it, Josh?
1: No, I hadn't. Okay. What's wrong with you? I exercised a bunch <laughs> of self-will and did not do
0: it. <laughs> All right, well, it's time for the Graphically Novel Pyramid. And this is the part of the show where we evaluate the book of the week based on the three elements we believe a book needs to be a good book. And the first of these is story. So, Sam, what you got on story?
2: All right, so for this story, I thought the pacing was pretty good. But the, the problem I had with it was the thing with the feeders were heading to Earth and all that stuff, and then they jumped to this uh, 10,000 years ago, I think is what it was. They jumped back in time. And then they have another enemy they got to fight so the feeders are completely out of the thing so the first two issues were kind of obsolete so if you, if you break it down that way so really he could have just they could have just done the time travel thing real quick and done that but saying that i did enjoy the world building like like the the planet they were on all the i guess the hairy men look like bigfoot green bigfoot to I mean. but i enjoyed that world building they done there with all the robots and the 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 doomsday looking place. They've done a really good job with that, and then the the uh what's the time travel thing. I I, I did think they done good with that, and I did think it was believable. I don't know. Josh has a hard time with the time travel, but I I thought they'd done good, and and it and it fit the story with the the space and the universe and all that.
0: Yeah, um, <clears throat> it feels like, and. I don't know how to I'm from I don't much try to talk about it without ruining things for everybody. Um but it, just reading this volume it feels like everything's things are just happening. Like it's disconnected, yeah. it's not a linear thing like, you know, things are just jumping in from story point to story point. And it feels that way. I feel like there's no through line at all except Heath and his booze. Um and so that that so just reading this volume by itself. Um that that for me is why the grade drops down. It just it just feels random.
1: It really yeah. Yeah, because issue one's kind of – I don't want to call it a throwaway story, but it's really just to tell you who Heath Houston is. It doesn't play any part on anything. So, really, you only get three issues of stories, but it doesn't sound – Jamie's making a face. Maybe it does, Or does it? Maybe it carries more weight than it appears to. But as far as these four issues are concerned, it doesn't do anything other than tell us who Heath Houston is and how much he loves his liquor. Uh, and then the second issue, like you said, Sam, he goes to the station and finds the feeders, and all that really does is accomplish getting them back in time to the last two issues. So it felt like we got a throwaway issue and then a, an entire setup issue. Uh, except the setup issue... Felt like the start of a storyline that they just completely forgot about. So for for these four issues, like you said, Jamie, they they really are disjointed. It, it, they they aside from having He Houston in them, there's really no through uh, the first two to the last two.
0: Okay, well, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and blow your mind. I'm not gonna give away specific spoilers, but I will say this: every single thing that happens in these four issues matters and is woven together by the end. Everything.
1: Um, I imagine the big brain from the first one was making a ship to escape the feeders. I'm
0: that, not. I'm not. I'm not that's saying. I guess
1: I can see them coming back in. Yeah, but yeah, I, I can see how they can all later on be tied back together. But there's there's not even any hints or clues at that at all. Yeah. Uh, there, there were. There was. Best Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will say, though, Sam, you mentioned the pacing. I thought the pacing was good. We get downtime with Heath Houston, see him reflecting a little bit, getting drunk. Then we see him running around being drunk, and then we see him sitting in a ship getting drunk again. So you get, (laughs) there's a lot of drinking going on. Uh, But uh, one thing I wanted to mention, I'll see if you guys picked up on this at all. For the first probably eight pages, I, I thought for sure we were reading a Spaceman Spiff story from Calvin and Hobbes. I had such a feel of spacemen with the, with the, you know, the uh, monologuing and, and yeah. just, I, I felt like space. There was a lot of nostalgia in this for me. It felt like an eighties comic or an eighties movie or an eighties story we were reading. Uh,
0: See, I, you need to go even further back. I mean, this is, this feels like, you know, like um he was a big fan of like early Heinlein, uh, especially Heinlein's books for, for boys, for, like his younger age books. I mean, it feels like that kind of, like, like if you had drawn, like, the spaceships from those those books, I mean, it would look like, you know, Annie. Yeah. Well, I mean.
2: I, I, I got more of a feel from, like, the lost in space. It was just a drunken lost in space. Yeah, <laughs> going, yeah. going from planet <laughs> to planet, doing little yeah. things and going on, you know. So, that's, that's, yeah. the, that's the actual feel I got. And that
0: was, that was 60s, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the 60s.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, I, they, they were originally black and white, and then they, by the end of the show, they were in color.
1: Maybe uh, maybe for me, and this may be more of a character's point, but it kind of reminded me of, like, Jack Burton from yeah, Big yes. Trouble in Little yes. China or, you know, Army of Darkness, you know, like it was Ash or something. Like, I was getting that yeah. vibe, like that late 80s, early 90s kind of cheesy action hero. That, the lady that's the man looks of,
0: like a lady man, but he's actually terribly incompetent. <laughs>
1: Right, exactly. I was getting some of that, uh, some of that vibe. And, and I love those cheesy movies, you know. And uh, so, you know, the science, the, the technology, it would seem like the universal translators, you know, a lot of this stuff seemed like it was like 80s sci-fi type technology. So
0: I could totally it, see he f- saying something was all in his reflexes and then he has a boomstick. I mean, absolutely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's, and that's why I almost gave it an athlete, just because of the fondness I have for that era of movies and stuff. And, and that's what I felt like. I was just like, oh. Yeah, this is good stuff. But, uh, That's why but I then,
2: yeah.
1: yeah. But then, when just like technically you look at it, I, I, it's not an athlete. It's not. It's fun. I'm going to read more. But yeah, th- these four issues together as a single storyline. I don't. Yeah, for me, they're Keaton.
0: See, if I was given a retrospect grade, like like you know, going back and reassessing after reading the whole thing, it would be a much higher grade than a Keaton Plus. Yeah. I, I I sort of had to make myself okay. You just these four issues alone, uh, as in like a, as a story island now what, what would they get um but i, I want to back you up on one thing the pacing here is absolutely masterful yes. um there are times that he is just laying around drinking and it never drags even even there's plenty of opportunities for the thing to actually drag it never does but it never feels rushed either um it's just amazing pacing
2: yeah you get i, I was gonna say you you
1: We we talked about how the story kind of bounces around and feels a little disjointed. There's a lot going on, uh, but they were still able to work in the slow moments, the funny moments when he goes to the liquor shop at the truck station and he's like loading up and they give a couple panels where he's like got an arm load of bottles and he drops them and picks a box up so he can carry more. Like they put some of those fun little moments in
0: and they got a lot of story work. Yeah. And even the things that are just blatantly exposition are so entertaining that you don't care that they're just doing exposition. Right. All right, same going. We
2: even in the little things Josh was talking about, uh, he went to the, the bar or whatever. But each each issue, he was like he was on the the first planet, and they like this world building for there. You knew where he was, this this place. And then he goes to the space station. They built another world, world there, and they done really good with that. And then in the third, uh, the last, like, last two issues, they headed another place. They went to, I, I think they done a phenomenal job with like setting the the locations or whatever you want to call it I, I think they done i think that was one of my favorite parts is like just seeing where he was at each time and how they built that world that he was in
0: and i think the next category in the pyramid really helped with that a lot i think yeah. it did, did, did some of the heavy lifting for that yep yeah. all right you want to move on to that one yeah yeah all right josh what do what you think about the art
1: uh i like this style uh i like the 50s era throwback spaceships uh all that was good uh and again i got another nostalgia hit because i felt like his spacesuit was something from like alien or something cheesy like that uh how dare you you aliens not cheesy not uh but more uh (laughs) kind of like a star wars-esque with his rocket pack on the back and his guns and stuff uh just all that 70s 80s era yeah uh
0: or one of the, you know, a 1,000 Star Wars knockoffs.
1: Any of those kind of 80s space movies, yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: that suit is from Half-Life, video game.
1: Maybe that's what I'm thinking of.
2: If you've ever yeah. played Half-Life, that's yeah. the suit he's wearing. I
1: don't play
2: that. I, it I was way
1: back on Windows 95, I think. It was old school <laughs> Windows game. Anyways, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the nostalgia was there. Uh, I thought the color was good. Uh, I really thought they did a good job with the color with the aliens, uh, You know, when he's fighting the uh, when he's on the space station, you got all the green from the blob. And and that space station kind of had its own vibe versus the cave, which was way more muted. But then the explosions were super vibrant in that first issue. So they done a good job of of playing with different kinds of color. Sometimes it was real vibrant and clear. Other times it was muted. You know, when they're on the ice planet, you got a lot of the hue, the the light blue and dark blues mixed together. So I thought they done really good with the color.
0: Yeah, the jelly brain. Oh my gosh, the color on that was that yeah, was, all that
1: that purple. Yeah. After you, after they had like the shadowy caves, he's fighting those monkey people or whatever, and then and then you get that giant purple,
0: you know, brain. It reminded it looks like me it's of glowing. yeah. What, what are the what's it called? Like is it bioluminescent? Like the the, the underwater yeah. creatures that glow. That's what it reminded me of. Uh,
2: you got, I don't know how they done it, but they made it actually like it was glowing in a dark cave. It was. It was it's really great art
1: yeah it even had a, a horizontal bar shaped pupils like a octopus or something you know it really had that under deep sea kind of feel to it jamie i was i was feeling
0: that too um my only complaint and then we can go back to bragging is i didn't like the way that uh, mara is portrayed at this point of the story she's just a femme fatale she's um very sexualized. I mean, every, everything is some kind of like pinup girl pose, like every panel she's in, um, she should be like on like the side of a bomber in World War II, like from every single panel she's on. Yeah. Um, and I know they're going for the fifties sci-fi trope, you know, the damsel, you know, the sci-fi damsel has to be saved who falls in love with the hero or whatever. I know, I know I get the trope. I get it. I just don't care for it. And there wasn't enough yet in her character. To um to get beyond that now that Sam knows that changes very rapidly um but for, like I said we're just talking about these first four issues and I don't think she's she's probably the weakest point with this thing she's not set up very well she's likable enough but I don't like the way she's handled these first four issues um, that's uh, it, that's a good point
2: yeah it's a it's a character thing we already talk about but she does have a couple of things like when they first meet she like, punches him in the stomach because he wouldn't quit holding her so she did have a few small moments yeah. But like yeah. but art wise I agree with you everything. It was just it's a pin up, they the over sexualizer and all that stuff. But
0: yeah.
2: And I think they were trying to nail down of what they're actually gonna make her look like because she I feel like she her face and stuff changed almost every issue. Like she wasn't consistent.
0: Yeah, uh, other other than the mole and the Aeon flux hair flip thing, everything yeah, yeah. else kept moving around.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I did a... Uh, Another, I'm going to go back to bragging on it, Jamie. Uh, I, I like the uh, the alien designs and the character designs. Uh, we already talked about the big brain from issue one. That was super cool. Uh, you know the 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 eight foot tall yeti creatures, the the people from the third and fourth issues. They're super cool uh, design. Uh, the robots, such cool. They look like old fifty style robots with the with the floating brain and the little glass capsule on top. All that was really cool. All the character designs. General
0: uh, Crank wished he looks that cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. uh like I said, aside from Mara, uh, all the character designs are really cool. I even liked he His his setup's cool. You know, the orange jumpsuit with all the with the gun and the rocket booster on the back. It's all good stuff.
0: Well, I don't. I don't even have a problem with the the, the character design for Mara. It's the posing and the posture stuff they do with her. I th- yeah. I think I think her spacesuit looks cool. Yeah. But you're, but you're right. I mean, if, I mean, e- even the space monkeys look cool. Yeah. If uh, yeah. go ahead uh, and and they might be the only throwaway thing in this entire book. And even they look cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, I want to lead you all to a specific panel. I was going to throw a couple of the nostalgia references out, or at least one of them. Go to page 96, uh, panel five, it's the bottom left panel. That looks like, if you remember Lawnmower Man with Jeff Fahey, that looks like the monkey from the beginning, doesn't it? That helmet, I mean, that's, a, that's an 80s helmet all day long. Late 80s, early 90s helmet. As soon so, as I saw that, I was like, lawnmower man. That's man, the most reality helmet.
0: We are yeah. dropping so many old man references. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: it's usually just me. It's all right. of us this week. Yeah. <laughs> but
2: th- but, that's yeah. what that looks like, right? I mean, it does. It really does. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't catch that till then. But yeah, I can see a Or Robocop. Yeah. But, <laughs> I, I do agree. I enjoyed it all. E- even uh, his spaceship, Annie. It's got that uh, tiger shark mouth throttle on the front of it. Whatever. I mean, that that was so cool. Loved all the color, all the creatures. I mean, even like the creepy stuff when they the decomposing body of the trucker they they found. It done really good with all that all that stuff. So, uh, like I said, the only thing I I had a problem with was I know they changed artists in the fourth issue, but the art wasn't super consistent with the faces.
0: After issue one, I felt like they had Heath figured out. There's still still a little bit of of figuring Heath out in the first one. Mara, they don't figure out for a while. Um, I don't even think the first omnibus has her figured out. By the end, they do. Um, but everything else looks so awesome. I don't because even robots. Yeah. I mean, just, I, I, even I really, even the landscapes look great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah Tony Moore knocked but, this completely out of the park. And if I remember right, he and Jerome Opeña start alternating the storylines, and so Tony Moore does like you know Reignition, and then Jerome Opeña does like the next six, and then Tony Moore comes back and does the next arc, and they just completely—it's only—but I think it's only those two guys all the way through. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I like when there's a consistent look to a book like that. Um, and 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 they're, they're different artists, but they're complementary of each other. Um, they
2: are.
0: Yeah, it, it does. It is not. It's not jarring. Um all right, so uh y'all you know, read on re read...
1: <laughs> Yeah, we're ready to move on to characters.
0: We're, words are hard. Um <laughs> t- talking not easy. Um all right, so uh I like Heath. I mean he's a he's an interesting, lovable loser. He's not as competent as he thinks he is. He does he thinks he always catches his break. Sometimes it's a harpoon breaking his spine. Um but he was he's fun to follow around. Um He's, and, and getting to know him and just w- watching the absurd things he gets himself into, he's fun to follow around. Um, uh, he's not a guy i really want to... I mean, if he were a real human, I'd think I'd want to hang out, hang out with him or anything. But watching the exploits of Heath Houston, it's entertaining.
2: Yes. And I agree. And it, it, he's probably really the only character in here. Uh, you might have that uh, Jen guy, or whatever his name is, towards the end, the, the man... Yeah, Gin's whatever his name is, on him gin. But I, I think Heath wanted to drink it, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know,
0: I think it's, if it's fermented, people drink it, no matter what <laughs> it is.
2: So but you got you got that leader uh, of those natives, I guess is what we'll call them. Then you got Mara and Heath. That's really your cast. There's not a whole lot on this one. And I think they've done really good. I like I said, I, I know you're was disappointed, but I think Mara is a character. They they were working on her. They were trying to build her, and she was starting to develop a little bit. Like I said, like when she first met him, she was like I said, the Flint Tall or whatever. But She punched him in the stomach. I, I enjoyed seeing her actually give him some crap back. So.
0: Well, I mean, her first scene, like he's checking her out under the water, and she's like, "Get a good look." Yeah. You know, like she's her first words are sass, and so yeah. it's.
1: Yeah. I, I think she ends up punching him about four or five times in this. She she hits him a couple more times. And he
0: deserves more. So, yeah. yeah she showed a lot of restraint.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, my, First thing I was going to say is that Heath Houston is space Jack Burton from Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> Overly confident when he doesn't deserve to be. He's, he's not nowhere near as good as he thinks he is uh but somehow stuff works out for him he gets away with it you know uh he he he's not a good exterminator he just <laughs> he just he skins by i don't know how he does it he's he's super lucky uh but it's really just he's just he's stereotypical antihero. hero i mean he's the good guy who's not a good guy it, 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 it's it's not a complex character we've never come across before it's we know who Heath Houston is pretty much right off the bat uh and and Mara she's cookie cutter I mean to the core they
0: right now
1: yeah right now uh so yeah the the characters weren't super that's not really the point of this besides Heath that's this is a Heath story that's really the only character we've gotten this and that's all we really needed in these first four I think I mean we could have done more with Mara and that that's fine but really we for me I just met Heath, so I'm fine with doing most of the work with him uh I do think something they could have done a little more with, and maybe they will bring back, they they already kind of hinted at it, is uh, I wish they'd have done more with Annie, his uh, ship's AI. I felt like that could have been a cool dynamic with Mara, because uh, I, I get the vibe that uh, Annie is the uh, AI version of his wife who died on Earth, right? That's kind of what I'm picking up, so...
0: I'm not saying things.
1: Yeah, but anyways, I, I felt <laughs> if they get back into that, that'll be good because I was missing that. They they kind of set it up. They almost made Annie seem a little jealous when Mario come on the ship. And I'm like, oh, they're going to build some tension there. This could be this could be fun. And then they just never go with it. You know, the ship explodes before we get any of that. So yeah. I, I thought that was a missed character opportunity that could have added some some more stuff.
0: I, I just want to say that everything you're talking about are reasons you should keep reading. Oh, I plan to.
1: Okay. I just, you know, I like to I like to just read what we're reviewing so I can give an honest grade. I don't like I don't like getting grade bumps from extra stuff that's not in this
0: this volume. So no, it's fine. I'm just saying, it, like all the things you want to know and are curious about, just keep going. Yeah. Well, I um, guess they
1: did a good job hooking me. They they left the they left the right danglers out for me to want to follow up on. They they did a good job of that.
0: Last last point I wanted to make on characters um is that. So, so most of the, the character moments we see with Heath are we see that he's a he's deeply nihilist. I mean, this this is a guy who's depressed. I mean, there's a reason he's drinking nonstop. I mean, he, this guy does not enjoy life, um, doesn't really have any reason to go ahead, except he doesn't have anything else to do except put another another foot forward. But there's those moments when this her- heroism pops out and and he goes full on hopeful hero. When he realizes he has a chance to save his family, and oh. that that's just really intriguing. Like the, those little little those little sunbeams poking out of that dark black hole of his heart, you know, it's just in, <laughs> it's intriguing stuff.
1: Yeah, they. Uh, which we didn't mention that in the art, but those couple of panels when he finds out that they're twenty thousand years in the past and he's got a chance to stop the robots that killed his family. Just even those couple of panels, that wild glee on his face, you know, yeah. it was such a change from the. You know, bored, smug, drunk face he was making the whole time to, to that. Just yeah, that glee is the best way I could describe it. You know, that and they and they done that with the art too. So yeah, there, there's glimpses in there of more stuff to him.
0: Yeah, we I remember on the Walking Dead we said that um, Charlie Adlard was a better fit for the Walking Dead than Tony Moore was. Tony, Tony Moore did a fine job, but Charlie Adlard was the guy who was. I mean Sam didn't say this because he won't read it. It's black and white. Um, but Tony Moore is the right guy for Fear Agent. I mean, it's as perfect a fit. I can't. I can't imagine anybody else but him or Jerome O'Pena drawing it. I mean, it, this is the perfect fit for Tony Moore. And we circled back to art. It was awesome. All right, y'all want to give us some awards? Yep. Let's do it. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? <laughs> Sam, What was your best cover? And I've already reconsidered mine a couple of times.
2: I have too, because they're all actually really good. So any answer you give is correct, I think. But mine's on page 31. Issue two It's the feeders and heat. 31, yeah. page 31.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Like you, like you said, they're all really good. Uh, Josh, what did you have?
1: Yeah, I like that one. Uh i went with and i'm gonna I'm catch flack for it i went with uh cover three on page 55 because it's got a very uh uh provocative mara pose on there but again i was getting army of darkness vibe from this you know 100 <laughs> yeah. percent. yeah with but with robots instead of zombies it was
0: and how how many 50s sci-fi pulp novels had some version of that on the cover yeah. I mean that yeah. that's that's a pure retro nostalgia thing that Tony Moore's doing there even, even to...
2: let's have little laser guns and circles
0: yeah so, yeah
1: and the robots having you know two uh, finger pincers or three finger pincers instead of more hand shapes you know those old school yeah. yeah old school robots it's yeah that that for me was it just just because it captured that 50s era spaceman adventure feel.
0: Well, I love the way this worked out because I had basically had a three-way tie between covers two, three, and four. So I'm going to mention cover four now. <laughs> there um, you go. And that's on page 79, and that's the one where he's looking at the jelly brain with the wires coming out of it. And he just has a – he has a I mean, that's a at Bruce Campbell look on his face. Um, and it's, it's interesting and colored. The background is like, you know, curious, like what's going on in the background there? I just – but they're all good.
1: And he's got the his big- takes the
0: button. Button. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love it even puts it on over his like like space walking space suit. it still has the yeah. buckle on it out there too <laughs> yeah
1: no that's that's bruce campbell trying to remember the third word before he picks up the necronomicon <laughs> that's that that's that scene only it's a brain in a jar <laughs> instead of the necronomicon that's
0: <laughs> yeah 100 all right uh josh who's your best character and why did you pick heath
1: uh, i picked heath because he's really the only character in it uh and even if he hadn't been, he's he's fun. He's so entertaining. Like you said, he's do you want to hang out with him? Is he the coolest guy to sit around with and talk? Probably not. Is he the funnest guy to read about? Yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's just in, the things he says are always entertaining.
0: Yeah. Um I picked Heath because um he's just an interesting mix of stuff. Like he's not a dude I want to hang out with. I wouldn't want to hire him to take care of a you know uh, you know, extermination issue. I mean, there's no there's no area of life I found where he's competent yet. Um, but he's got an interesting backstory. Um, he's always entertaining. Like whenever it's time to do something, he does it in an entertaining and interesting fashion. Um, and there's those little moments when there's there's something more to him, you know that that are that are you know kind of kind of pique the interest, you know. All right, Sam, why did you pick Heath?
2: Uh, because he it- Y'all talk about it's not somebody you want to hang out with, but you want to hear his stories and his exploits. What's what's he been up to? What's he doing? I want I want to hear about this guy. But since everybody picked Heath, I I kind of like Mara. We've talked about her a little bit too. I just want to throw it out there. I I thought pretty cool. She's standing up for herself just a little bit. But no, Heath's the right answer.
0: The problem with Mara is that she's thin, and it's the art is the problem. There's there's interesting stuff with Mara right off the bat. But Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: But no, it's just the guy you want to hear about.
0: He, Heath is the kind of guy you want to be about three seats down at the bar, and so you can overhear his stories, but not actually have to interact with him.
1: Yeah. yeah, you wouldn't hire him as an exterminator because he would probably burn your house down and then try to charge <laughs> you because the bugs are gone. Uh, but you would want to hear that story later on. You wouldn't want to be the guy that hired him. You'd want to be the guy hearing about this. Oh yeah, I accidentally burnt this house down once. Like, yeah, you, you nailed it, Sam. His stories—you want to hear his stories, but you don't yeah. want to uh, be in, like directly involved with him
0: all right uh so next up is best panel and uh i'm 1st we are going to go to panel uh i mean page 17 panel one and it's josh's background um it's the jelly brains mostly constructed spaceship and that for me is like the first time i'm like man it just and it, was, and it just jumped out because it's the first really close-up like yeah this is this is old school retro awesome I mean, it just looks great. It's incredibly detailed. The color work is just really interesting. Um, yeah, it's just it was the first one that grabbed me. Oh,
1: that's yeah. pretty good. It's got the right amount of hoses and gangplanks for a 50s-era spaceship. Yeah, that's about the right amount of hoses plugged into a spaceship.
0: Yeah. All right. It's not the right answer though. But that that one just like it was the first time I was like, man, this is going to be awesome to look at.
2: I've got two. I have got 2 i want really want to say on both.
0: Well, give one and we can circle back.
2: Okay. Uh I'll give you the one first one. I hope Josh gets that one. Page thirty-three, it's panel five. It's the bottom right. It's when he's charging the mayor, even though <laughs> 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 yeah. like he's just got this stupid grin on his face and these those space apes are running around like carrying people and the towns on fire. He's just smiling like, I'll knock thirty percent off. just i I love the whole thing
0: the whole
1: panel yeah that was a good one uh i'm i I borderline cheated on mine because it's almost a full page spread but i thought you guys would enjoy looking at the art so much i wouldn't get in too much trouble uh but you're gonna go over to page 76 and it's the top three quarters of the page it's when he's kicking the glass jar with the brain off that's it's basically that's a, a full-page spread, but, yeah, it's so dynamic. I like the color. The brain looks really cool. Uh, I mean, his suit's been orange, except for that panel. It's blue and red. Uh, but aside from that, it looks really good.
2: If you go to the very next panel, the actual colors are flip they? Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah. They're, I
1: don't know.
2: They're... Yeah.
0: It's, Anyways, it's because the a... lighting changed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. Uh, it is a full panel with another panel at the very bottom. Anyhow. So there's two panels on that page. There's two
0: so. panels on the page, technically. <laughs> I almost picked it myself. Okay. <laughs> right, do you want to
2: give your backup real quick, Sam? Yeah, page eleven, panel one, and it's just it's just uh a, of the world. It's nothing special, whatever. But just it's how they can build that world in one panel. You know where you're at there. I just love that. How easy it is. They set the the feel.
0: Well, um, if we're giving backups uh, this is not my, my backup but it's another one that just kind of like yeah this is what we're doing here but it's on page uh 98 it's the big panel in the middle it's just there's that one like brain in the middle of it there's just hoses and technology going everywhere it's like yep yeah, where that this is that kind of story yeah
2: yeah <laughs> both ears are like that
0: yeah okay uh Sam what was your best dialogue all
2: right this is page 12. Uh, and it, it sums up who he is. And it's just Josh's Spaceman Spiff monologue. He goes, uh, I won't read it all, but I'll read a little bit of it. Uh it says, My mama made me read Clemens. She used to tell me I was a reckless boy and I needed philosophy to prepare me for the real world. Guess she couldn't have known at the time that I'd end up, up, up using philosophy to help me be reckless. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Like, yeah, that's, that's Heath. Yeah.
1: That's mine's real similar to that. It's on page uh, 25. It's the same first issue there Uh, and and, uh, due to some of the language used, I'm going to soften it up a little bit, but he just jumps and uh, lands on one of the creatures and uh, he says I can feel the pitiful creatures jaw snap clean beneath my boot. My conscience kicks in. I promise myself if I survive this, I'll help build a refugee for these creatures. But I'm a liar. If I survived this. I'm never coming anywhere near this crap hole again. <laughs> like he, even,
0: he's, he, even he knows he don't have a conscience. He's like, nah, yeah. I'm lying to myself. I'm not coming back here. You know, I thought that was good. That is good. Yeah, we should we should have mentioned earlier. Um, This is Rick Remender without Marvel's editor telling him he can't do the things he wants to do with every story. So, um, yeah, there's lots of language. If you read further into the omnibus, there's lots more um, material that you won't want to read in front of your kids. So just uh, bear, bear that in mind. Um, Josh, that was, that was my best quote. Um, I've got, <laughs> I agree with you, but I had a backup, you know, so, uh, on page 98. Um, so yeah, Josh, we're going to give Josh the win on that one. Um, it's that, uh, it's my, actually my, my backup best panel, um, also had my backup best quote. Uh, it said that, uh, and that's when uh, Heath is actually making a little bit of sense and having some, a little bit of depth of thought. Is that Clemens said that courage is resistance to fear, not the absence of it. It usually helps me at times like this, but there's too much at stake here. All I got is fear. He's actually feeling the gravity of the moment for a change. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He, he almost got serious. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't take well. we all use Yeah, so we all use face paint stiff quotes I like yeah.
0: Reminder is good with the, uh, with the, uh, the na- narration boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back in the day, before it stopped being cool, those would have been thought balloons, but we're, <laughs> we're all too cool for that now.
1: Yeah, they they almost, it was kind of a little bit of a noir feel. You know, he's like, I've got four seconds to, before he gets to him. He takes five to pull my gun. Like, you know, he was kind of doing the auto narration. was kind of cool.
0: Yeah, there's a few moments there. Yeah. All right, uh, so Josh and man, there's a lot of good options on this next one. What was your best full page spread?
1: I'm going go back to go back-to-back wins. Page 22, it's that giant purple brain.
0: Ding 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 ding.
1: Jelly brain. Yep. Yeah, the jelly brain. It's because you so far you had that one of your panels you re- referred to. Sam, it's just this worn down, looks like a thousand year old civilization. It's all grown up, and then you're in a cave with these, you know, monkey creatures, and everything's, you know, all dreary and and subdued. And then poof, you get this super purple, bright, you know, high def, uh, full page spread of this you know, jelly brain. And it's, it, it's amazing.
0: And it's, it's and cool. it's, in, it's intriguing the way it's got a, li- it's sitting on some technology. I mean, the, the whole thing, it, it's a, it, yeah, that, that was mine. And I didn't even, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of good options, but this was the clear winner for me.
2: Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's a really good one. I figured I was going to pick it. So I picked a different one too. Okay. So the other one I like is on page 54 and it's, uh, Mostly, I picked that one for the background. I love the way they done the space yeah. and stuff.
0: Good one.
1: Yeah, yeah that 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 was gonna be my runner-up if I didn't go. I, when I was reading it, I marked that down on my first read-through, and I said, "Yep, that's my best full-page spread." And then I never went back and changed
0: it. I was happy with that one the whole time. That might be the worst Mara pose in the book, though. Yeah. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, <laughs> human good. spines don't do that, and neither do human clothes.
2: Yeah. But I was looking at the mostly the background, the space.
0: No, you're right. That's great. Um, and even the way the um, like the the space truckers' trucks are going yeah. away. It just it yeah, it's really good. It's got some kind
2: of emblem on top of on of the space structure post, got like a pyramid and some stuff on it. I forget what that
0: is. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Uh, so last award this week is best Heath Houston disaster. Um and once again, lots of options. <laughs> he he's like a toddler, he makes messes everywhere he goes. Um <laughs> I think for me, probably getting harpooned through your chest and your jetpack at the same time seems like a really bad day. So I, I'm gonna go with that. That is a bad day.
2: <laughs> 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 right, so that that's a really good one. Uh, <laughs> got harpooned by Bigfoot. Anyways. Uh, the one I thought of was it's the right back to that first and second issue is the the space ape things where he's supposed to be exterminating them whatever and then comes uh, and saving their equipment that was stolen so he blows everything up and then the apes are in town running around just like burning the town down like kidnapping people and stuff and he's still there trying to charge the mayor then it's in the pipe with the mayor assaults the mayor and all that stuff <laughs> that whole. The whole setup, that that was a disaster. It couldn't go away fast enough for me. Like he literally just fled the planet to get away.
0: He really is Jack Burton, except there's no Wang to bail him out of everything.
2: No, exactly. no Wang.
1: Yeah. Uh <laughs> so uh, there were yeah, there were a lot of choices. I almost had all of issue one. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but, I, yeah. but i narrowed it down uh and i'm with you sam because to me it's it, it's not the worst thing that happens to him it's not the biggest disaster in these four issues i don't even think he would consider it a disaster i feel like this kind of stuff happens to him so much that this is just normal routine and we're all reading it like whoa how's he going to get out of this this is terrible but it's from when the ape man bites through his arm and freezes oh his God. arm until he gets chased off the planet so from getting his arm froze to unfreezing it to blowing everything up and then yeah still trying to charge him that was all to yeah. me i don't even think he considered that a disaster that was just I
0: mean, a normal See, now i would say that I, he would he would describe that as a successful operation the only disaster being they didn't actually pay him right yeah. they yeah. ripped him off at the it's end that's the only think they went wrong
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I'm reading it, and I'm like, man, I he always, always find my break. You know, for him, it's just like, this, this is how I do my job, man. This
0: is this yeah. is my job. This is what I do.
2: I think they were worse off after they hired him. <laughs> I think
0: they were. <laughs> All right, y'all want to cast this thing? Yep. Sure. All right. Uh, hey, Sam, before you got on, Josh was, uh, he was not Captain Smugface. He was Commodore Smugface. So just be ready. Pretty happy in right. mine. All right, so Sam, who's your Heath Houston?
2: John Bernthal. That's
0: a good one. That's and really Kyle good.
2: Looks like him. he's a great actor. I think he can do pull it all off. Uh, I really think he'd be good at it. As I was reading it, I knew he was gonna be casting him, and that's just like I didn't I didn't look nobody else up. Just John Bernthal.
0: I've never seen him be this incompetent before, though. He's usually highly competent. Yeah, he can pull it off. I think he'd be alright.
1: Pretty <laughs> <Be> good. <laughs> Uh, well, that was one of mine. I had a couple options. I won't give you my last one, Jamie. I'll let you go. Uh, and I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it. I did a theme pick. I had so much nostalgia. I'm casting for late 80s, early 90s. And I'm going full on Bruce Campbell from Army of Darkness era. 92, 93 Bruce Campbell. That's, yeah. that's him.
2: Uh, I, I thought about him too, but I still like John Bernthal. No, Bruce that's Camp- a good one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've got no... uh Time machine picks this week. Um, I've got five Heath Houston's written down, but I think as I look at it, I think there's was a clear winner. Timothy, and I'm probably saying this wrong, Oliphant.
2: Yeah, Timothy Oliphant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He got, he got these, I mean, oh, yeah. kind of looks <laughs> like him. I could totally believe him being skeevy. Um, kind of would be shocked if he wasn't a little bit skeevy. <laughs> Just kind of gives off that vibe a little bit. Like- likeable, entertaining, you know. Also, can believe you know some incompetent moments. So, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, he, he's good. That, that's a
1: good one.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: my the third page in when you first see Heath Houston, I had John Hamm in my head. I was like John Hamm for the win. Uh, but then I decided to do my uh, theme pick, and I rolled him out. But yeah, John Bernthal was my other one, Sam. So that's I'm with you on that one.
0: Um, I thought about McConaughey. Oh, he's, yeah. he's so Texas. Yeah. But, he, but he's not really a Heath, Heath, Heath Houston kind of Texan. So. No.
2: Full scope. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, anyway, um, Josh, who is your Mara?
1: All right. So keeping my theme in mind, we're going back to the early 90s, and we're grabbing Salma Hayek.
2: Oh, that's a good
0: one. You could almost just go get her from the state of Eternals.
2: Yeah. yeah. Can't change that that much, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's not bad um and in this era of movies you're picking her from she was doing some of these poses
1: yeah uh, yeah but she she's turned into a really good actress and she if she if she ends up being more uh she can do that too so
0: yeah i think she was always a good actress and just because of the way she looked she was given the opportunity she was just shoved yeah. into certain kind of roles for a long time 100 percent um i'm gonna go with uh because because this, this is i mean it's it's a serious book in some ways. It's also a really funny book. So I wanted somebody who could be really funny. And I really like Melissa, I'm probably saying her last name wrong. Fumero. She plays Santiago on Brooklyn Nine-Nine.
2: Oh yeah, I'm about,
0: yeah. Yeah. She's really funny. I, I could I could see her, you know, playing off this role. I mean, they'll have to hoot her up a little bit. But um she's an att- I mean, she's a you know, conventionally attractive lady. I mean they, they could they could do that. But she could totally do all the comedic stuff. All those funny moments, the funny interactions. I mean, she's pretty much you know done some of those with Andy Samberg already. So. <laughs> uh, Same with Jeff.
2: I think those are really good answers, both of you guys. But I want to defend myself. I think I got the right answer. Eva Mendes. Looks like her. And I kept, I kept picturing her from uh, the Mark Wahlberg and the uh, Will Ferrell movie, the other guys.
0: yeah.
2: So I just I just I can see her doing all
0: of it. Yeah, my my backup was Penelope Cruz. I felt I, I felt like she looked more of the part than Melissa Fumero, but like I just I wanted those comedic moments to really <laughs> land. So that's why I went the other way. But those are all good choices. I think so too. Good job, guys. Uh Josh, you're not getting the clear wins you thought you were. No no. <laughs> Wait for it though. We still got four more. Right.
1: I'm hit I'm hitting all the nostalgia, man.
0: Okay, I've got the right answer, Annie. Though um, I don't have a runner-up, I don't have a backup. I don't have anything. This is I'm probably said her name wrong too. Mayim Bialik from Big Bang Theory, and she was Blossom. I mean, yeah, she kind of looks like the way they draw her um, on the thing. And I could just see her like saying the like the smart things that she says, but also like the the sass and attitude she gives Heath and the and the shade she throws at Mar the second she steps on the ship. I could see her doing all that.
2: That's a really good one, too. I know. All right. Well, I went a different direction. I went with Scarlett Johansson. I think she's got a good voice. You can do that type of voice acting stuff. And I can see her doing, like you said, all the the, the shades. She, she was still being jealous. That's Scar- Scarlett Johansson. Yeah.
0: Josh?
1: All right. Well, who was America's sweetheart in the early 90s? Julia Roberts. Oh, yeah. i could see her playing <laughs> against bruce campbell being drunken and obnoxious and her trying to be the straight laced exasperated with him trying to keep him on schedule and stuff and if we get a flashback to where she was a real person if it is his wife i think she would do that stuff
0: good too i can't i'm blanking on the name who was the lady in adventures and babysitting that that's about the era you're casting from right Let's
1: say 86 to 94. I yeah. gave myself a little bit of a range there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, she was in the Saint later. The movie that only us, uh, the three of us uh, lost. Yeah,
1: Val Kilmer. He's one of our grades. Uh, I, I forget her name. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, uh, but
0: I, I think if, if we're going from that that era, I think that would have been a good one too. It, yeah.
2: She's at the boys right now.
0: TV yeah. the boys. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right. So Sam, who did you go with for Gins?
2: All uh, right. Voice acting alone, and that's one of this. Have kind of like an older, wiser person since he was the leader of the group, or whatever. With Ian McClellan Magneto, original Magneto.
0: That's really good. Yeah, that was Elizabeth Shoe, by the way, that we're thinking of. Yeah, all right, yeah, that's a good one, Josh. Let I mean the yeah, same. Josh, who do you have? All right,
1: so I wanted kind of a gruff, burly, deep voice for this big animal, uh, Clancy Brown. Stole mine. <laughs> i <I'm> thinking <laughs> when he was the Kurgan, You know, there's that, that era, that raspy, intimidating, deep voice.
0: See, I'm, I I was thinking more of the uh, the TV show he was on. Um, Earth 2? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that nobody but us remembers. <laughs> um, man, the old man references are... <laughs> the show. Uh, but yeah he, he does good guy very well he doesn't get to do it very often but he he doesn't it was kind of because he, he was a like a single dad and he had those tender moments with his daughter i mean yeah. i i could i mean he would work very well for that and since we're probably doing cgi for him it doesn't matter he doesn't have to you know yeah. get swollen up or anything that old man. yeah I'm just saying it's a voice. I mean it's a voice I'm time machine in him. so I'm good. Yeah, Josh is cheating the whole episode. So
1: <laughs> Don't have to it's touch. a theme. It's not cheating yes. when it's a theme.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, theme cheater. Uh, who's your trucker guy?
1: Trucker guy. We're gonna do not a main guy from the late '80s, early '90s, but supporting roles. Uh, Donald Gibb. You played the sidekick in uh, Bloodsport. The big dude with the bandana. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he's just a small part; he's just gonna be in there for a little bit. I can see him doing the obnoxious trucker stuff, you know, believably. He's uh, yeah, he's a big, big burly dude. I think it'd be fun. Donald. Good. So,
0: so on the uh, next episode of the Nerd's are on the Table that comes out, we were—I was doing martial arts movie research, and I ended up on a—I fell down a, a bloodsport rabbit hole. Did you know there was like five bloodsport sequels? No, I
1: didn't know there was five. I knew there was a couple. There
0: was a lot, and Van Dam was only in the first movie. But Donald Gibb came back for like all the sequels. They kept getting <laughs> it cheesier. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, here's the right answer, guys Michael Rooker.
1: Yeah, I could have grabbed him from that time period,
0: too. That's a yep. good one. Get him off the set of Days of Thunder. You got your trucker guy. Yeah. It's not bad. Get him from the set of, set of the Suicide Squad right now. He's your trucker guy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> think about it like, yeah. yeah. All
0: All right, Sam, what's your wrong answer?
2: Ron Perlman. I don't know if that's the wrong answer. I thought it was pretty good, too.
0: That's a good one. I think Michael yeah. Rucker just is this guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's the two-leg version of this alien. Yeah. <laughs> that was my best. I thought that was my best pick.
1: It's good. I thought I had a clear win with Donald Gibb. But I don't know. <laughs>
2: Uh, I think both of you guys are just that
1: guy. <laughs> Ron Perlman yeah. can do that too though. I mean I know. yeah
0: those are really good. We did really well this week guys. All right. Uh, last up is wild card and <laughs> really there's not a lot of characters in this book, so there's a lot of scrape at the barrel here. Um I went with a voice actor for Gen Two, the uh, robot hybrid guy who was the the betrayer. I'm gonna go with Andy Circus. Um, and not just for, like, the Gollum voice. He does lots of different voices. But he does, like, um, you know, scary, like menacing voices really well. So, I'm just going – something in that range. Maybe, maybe he has Ulysses' claw voice from the MCU or something like that. Um, just I, I could see him being that kind of menacing, you know, guy. So, yeah, that's what I got. Sam, who'd you have?
2: Well, I have two wild cards. And I didn't think nobody was going to pick Gen Two, So, I went with another – Obscure one panel guy, Tom. I, I, I mentioned the general guy, uh, Denzel Washington.
0: <laughs> Literally one panel.
1: <laughs> I hope he comes <laughs> back and plays a big part later on because it's that's a big pick for it's a big, it's well, a big I, actor for him.
0: Yeah, just a guy
2: in the project authority and make heat to do something. I just thought Denzel also had Gen 2, which was. Clancy Brown. That's why I didn't pick him for
0: that yeah. guy. <laughs> All right, Josh,
2: who'd you? Have? Well, I cast for Gen
1: Two. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I thought he was the. He got the most panel time. Uh, but so I went with Clancy Brown for uh, the guy still in his natural body. I wanted somebody kind of similar. I want. I was hoping he could carry over that voice to his robot body. Uh, and I'm going with Jeff Bridges. Thinking him when he was Ironmonger from Iron Man. He really had that gravelly kind of authoritative voice at the end i just i thought he would be good as a as a robot yelling at bruce campbell
0: you know who would be good for the um the uh Astorgian betrayer the guy who the the, the uh, yeti guy who, who turns traitor on him i think i think michael shannon would have been good for that role yeah yeah all right yeah. uh are we done guys it Any, Anybody else want to mention any extra wildcard picks? Nope. Nope. Only have the two. I had another one. Uh Patrick Stewart as Tatald. The, <laughs> the benevolent robot guy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well um, so, be <laughs> what?
2: so that would be interesting.
0: Yeah. He could do it. Yeah. Oh. No. Alright. Uh so anything else you want to mention on Fear Age before we preview next week? Well, next week we are reviewing Vader Down. And it was the um this was shortly after Marvel got the rights back to Star Wars. And so this was probably I think it was this was the second year since they relaunched all of you know Star Wars. And so this was the first crossover event. So we've got like the one main book, Vader Down number one, and then I think it's three issues of the Star Wars book and two issues of the Vader book. And so um and I'm vamping because I can't find the book to pull up the summary. No, no. I don't know. I got it. I got it. Just give me a second. I um, you weren't prepared. I was prepared. Um, but I had on this same tablet I had pulled up for your agent. I was looking at those pictures. So um, Anyway. Uh, so here we go. This is the summary for Star Wars Vader Down. Two of the biggest titles in comics collide in the first crossover of the new Marvel Age of Star Wars. When Darth Vader accidentally finds himself facing off against the Rebel fleet on his own, he is sent crashing onto a nearby planet. Will the Rebels seize this opportunity to put an end to one of their greatest enemies? Will they be put, no, will they be made to feel the full power of the dark side? The Sith Lord may be down, but he isn't out. All your favorites are here, Old and New, Good and Evil, Luke, Vader, Leia, Aphra, Han, Threepio, R2, R2, Triple Zero, and BT-1. In a hair-raising battle of the Wookiees, Chewbacca versus Black Crescenton. And then there's Wookiee talk that I can't say. Um, <laughs> so, have you all re- read anything with Afra in it?
2: Yeah, the one I most re- review. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, what well, have you met the droid yet? Yeah, she already had triple zero. Okay, yeah. all right. Triple zero gets to really flex here. So, the, the way the way I would recommend this this book to our listeners is, so you remember that really really awesome Vader scene at the end of Rogue One? Mm-hmm. This is about 150 pages of that scene. awesome yeah it's it's awesome so it's one of my favorite star wars like not not with a camera anything like in print (laughs) this is like my one of my favorite star wars things ever
2: oh cool yeah
0: it's really good i'm excited i'm excited about this with you guys next week yeah Yeah. all right well before we leave if you if you liked our show um a way you could help us would be like i don't the algorithm is insane now i don't i don't even pretend to know how it works you can give us a review if you want to apparently that's not as helpful as it used to be but if you enjoy our show if you told a friend if everybody who listens to our show told a friend that would be a big help to the show so if you know somebody who would like our weird brand of nerdiness let them know we're here all right well guys i think we're done with fear agent on to vader down salute see ya good night goodbye belgium